We are so excited that you're here today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter number 6. And while you're getting there, uh, we're going to read in just a few moments. But we welcome you to the Lord's house, 2020. What a year this is going to be. And we welcome you into the house today. And we welcome you, uh, if you're at home, if you're watching online, we welcome you for the first time. And we're glad you're here. Thank God today is a new beginning. Aren't you glad the past is behind us? We don't have to look back anymore, but we're going to look forward. We're going to begin this year. We're going to lay out our 2020 vision. God is going to do some amazing things. We have some wonderful things in store for you. We have a a, a couple's retreat in February, women's retreat in March. We've got Easter coming in April. And uh, here pretty soon we're going to share with you uh, what we're believing for, uh, for our resurrection offering and look forward to that. And I'm telling you, we've got some amazing things. God is going to do some wonderful things. And uh, we are ready. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Amen. Second Kings chapter number 6. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 8. It says, When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel. How did Elisha know what the enemy was up to. I'm telling you, God not only wants to give you a 2020 natural vision, but a 2020 spiritual vision. How many would like to know what the enemy's up to in your life? How many would like to know what's happening in your financial future? What's happening in your physical future? What's happening in your relationship? What's happening with your children? I'm telling you, God knows what's happening. And when we begin to consult, when we begin to walk in the Spirit, God will give you insights and He can let you know what the enemy's up to. And so the Bible says, but the man of God would warn Israel and he would say, don't go near that place. For the Aminians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time And time again, Elisha warned the king so that they would be on alert. The king of Aram became very upset over this. And he called his officers together and demanded, which one of you is a traitor? He just knew somebody has got to be telling our plans. But each one of them says, king, man, we've we've informed the king of Israel uh, who's been telling my plans. And they said, it's not us. My lord, the king, one of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, listen to this, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. I'm telling you, did you know you can't get it, go anywhere without God knowing where you're at, what you're doing? He knows what the enemy's up to right now. He knows the plans that the enemy is uh, uh, contriving, contriving and trying to form and plan against you. But I'm telling you in 2020, God said, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not evil to give you hope. Everybody say hope. And an expected end. Did you know God knows how 2020 is going to end? 
Not just the beginning, not just the middle, but he knows how it's going to end. And I'm telling you, he has a plan and he wants to show you and teach you. He wants you to have eyes to hear, I mean eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. So the servant said, it's Elisha. He's telling them, he knows what you're planning. And the king said, go and find out where he is. And so they sent troops. He said, I want to be able to find out where he is. I want to send troops and seize him. The report came back and said, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. Everybody say, the enemy has a plan. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, chariots everywhere. The servant said, oh, sir, what will we do now? The servant cried. Have you ever woke up one day and wondered what you're going to do now? Have you ever woke up and received a bad report? Amen, somebody all of a sudden one day everything is good and the next day bad news comes. One day you're healthy and the next day you're sick. One day you're prosperous and blessed and the next day you're broke. I'm telling you it's amazing what the difference a day will make. But you know just on the same lookout when we have a bad day. Can I tell you it can be better tomorrow. Don't worry about what's happening today. Because God is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? And so Elisha the servant said, what are we going to do? When we decide, when we all of a sudden, we don't know what to do. That's when we begin to pray for 2020 vision. What is 2020 vision? Uh, It it basically expresses uh, the natural, the, the normal clarity... Of our vision, what our sharpness, what we should be able to see. And it's based upon 20 feet. At 20 feet, there's, we look at that chart and there's a certain line we should be able to get to to determine if we have 20-20 vision. Well, it takes 2040 to pass your driver's test. I know, I've, I've, have you taken that test before and be looking in that machine and be squinting and pulling your eyes and I just need to get one more line. Well, and you, you're excited when you back up and they say, that's good. You made it. 2200 is when a person at 20 feet can only see what you should be able to see at 200 feet. At that point, you're declared legally blind. There's a lot of Christians, spiritually, a lot of us are legally blind. Things that we should see, things that should be clear, the enemy has clouded our vision. We're not able to see clearly what we need to. But I'm telling you, amen, God can allow your vision to clear up. Even when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, is one better or two better? 
Can you see better here or here? And he, he begins to bring different focus and different lenses until it begins to clear. I'm telling you this year, as you get in the Word of God, as you begin to take a look at what God's Word says about you and about your family and about your children, I'm telling you, God wants to give you clear vision. 2020. He doesn't want you to barely get by. He doesn't want you bumping into things. He doesn't want you legally blind. God wants you to be able to see. Now, there's something that all of us have 2020 vision in. Hindsight. How many has 2020 hindsight? Oh, we can look back and go, yeah, I see where I missed it there. I see that mistake. I see what I should have done. I see what I didn't do. And we can always look back. But you know what? It's the present and the future that God wants to bring into clarity. What am I seeing? Yes, I look back and I can learn from my mistakes. But God, allow me to not only see tomorrow, but Lord, help me not miss what's happening today. Today, people around you love you. Today, people, amen, are making a difference. Today, amen, God has a plan for your life. Today, God wants to use you. Sometimes we're so focused on yesterday, last year, or we're so focused on next year or the end of the year, we miss seeing what God wants you to see today. God, give me 2020 for today. Show me what you called me to do. Who have you called me to be a blessing to? Who have you called me to love? Who have you called me to encourage? And then as I begin to get clarity for today, I can talk, start praying about tomorrow. Amen? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Did you know the most common surgery performed in the U.S.? Eye surgery. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, it's lens and cataract procedures, especially laser eye surgery. I'll never forget it. What a wonderful blessing you here at the Lord's house gave me a number of years ago, 10 years ago. Laser eye surgery for pastor appreciation. I've wore contacts since I was in junior high. I couldn't see the clock beside my bed. I mean, my glasses were very thick. And Sister Joan uh, headed that up. And she works there at Eye Care Associates. And uh, y'all raised the money. And I'll never forget going in. Everything was blurry. Taking my contacts out, my glasses off. They marked my eyes and I laid there under that laser. And then he told me to close my eyes. I'm laying there in the room and he says, I'm going to let you open your eyes for just one moment, and then you're going to have to close them for the next four hours. But I want you just to open your eyes and see what you see. Well, he had gone out and got my wife, and she was standing there. And as I opened my eyes for the first time and looked across the room, I could see her clearly. It was amazing. Then I closed my eyes back and just rested at home for the next few hours. And then I'll never forget, after that time, I opened my eyes I watched TV clear. Everything was clear. The trees were clear. The leaves were clear. It was an amazing thing. But you know what happens with that? The next morning, I woke up and I was laying there in bed. Looking across the room and in the bathroom. And I saw my wife in there putting her contacts in. 
I said, this can't be. I cannot enjoy this miracle of sight, of seeing clearly, and watch her having to put her contacts in. So when I went for my checkup, I just set her up for her appointment. Just put it on a credit card. Paid it out the next year or two. But you know what? We both came out with 20-20 vision and even a little better. As God, it's a miracle. See, when you get your eyesight cleared up, when you begin to see your future, when you begin to see who you are in Christ Jesus, you can't stand it when other people can't see clearly. But the Bible says before you help someone else see clearly, you better make sure you're seeing clearly. Get the, before you try to get the speck out of someone else's eye, won't you go ahead and get the stick out of your own? It's amazing we can see other people's mistakes a whole lot better than we can see our own, can't we? But as God begins us to give us vision, and God begins to clear our vision, and then we're able to go and help others. Oh, isn't that what you want to do? But you remember blind Bartimaeus? You know, wouldn't that be a, a... Do you want your name to be associated with your handicap? No. But many of you, uh, you, you, you've defined your life by your mistakes. You've defined your life. And I hear people say it all the time, since my heart attack, since my bankruptcy, since my divorce, since my cancer. And we go back to a negative, traumatic time in our life and we define ourselves by that. Man, why don't we go back and say, since Jesus died on the cross, I've been set free. Since the stripes on his back, by his stripes I'm healed. Come on, let's not determine our future even by our past. But blind Bartimaeus, he was called that because he was blind. But can I tell you something? He saw more clearly than those around him. Because he saw spirit. He had 20-20 spiritual vision. He knew somebody was coming that could heal him. He knew somebody was coming that could perform a miracle. He couldn't see in the natural, but spiritually he knew. And he began to cry out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowds began to tell him to be quiet. Don't, don't, don't bother Jesus. But I'm telling you, when you can see clearly, when you know where your miracle lies, you're not going to let other people distract you. And he cried out even louder. His faith stopped Jesus in his tracks and Jesus healed him that day. No longer was he blind Bartimaeus. Amen. But he was Bartimaeus, the one who Jesus stopped for. The one whose eyes were opened. The one that was blind, but he can now see. Even sometimes when we can't see clearly physically and we don't know what our future holds, we've got to by faith see into our future. And as Abraham, we call those things that are not as though they were. We make a declaration. You know, in in, in India, there were six blind men who went to the palace. And they're in the palace yard. We've been to India during Diwali. And I mean, there's elephants everywhere. And they have them all painted. And it's just an amazing sight. But they came into the palace courtyard. And they came to an elephant. And these six blind men began to describe the elephant. 
The first blind man reached out and touched the elephant's side and said, an elephant's like a wall. The second blind man touched the trunk and said, an elephant is like a snake. The third blind man touched his tusk and said, the elephant is like a spear. The fourth blind man touched his leg and said, an elephant is like a tree. The fifth blind man touched the elephant's ear and said, it's an elephant's like a fan. The sixth blind man touched the elephant's tail and said, an elephant's like a rope. You see, all six were describing the same animal. But they were all describing a different thing. They all had a different view, a a different vision of what an elephant is. And you know, it's amazing today how when you take a group of people and get them to describe a situation or a circumstance or uh, what's going on in the world, or it's amazing how many people have different ideas. Because when you're blind and you can't see, you're just going by what you feel. You're going on what other people say. You're going off of emotion. You're going off of your other senses. But I'm telling you, God wants to open your eyes so you can see clearly. You can see your marriage clearly. You can see your children clearly. You can see your finances clearly. Because I'm telling you, if you're groping in the dark at those things, you're going to get it wrong. But allow the Holy Spirit to shine His light upon your situation. Shine His light upon your, His Word. Open the eyes of your understanding so that you can come and know what's happening. You know, someone said to Helen Keller one time, what a pity it is to have no sight. To which she responded, yes, but what a pity that so many have sight and cannot see. There's those, we have natural sight, but we miss the things that God's created all around us. Our loved ones, our relationships, our friendships, the things that really matter in life. If we're not careful, we'll miss them right in front of our face. There's times that we get so skewered in our thinking and we're, we're marred and we're scarred. There was a lady of, high society and she was at a museum of art and she was gazing at one of the the, pieces of art she had never seen before. And she said to the curator very condescendingly, I find this image rather shallow and crude in appearance. What do you call this? And the curator simply said, I call it a mirror. You see, when we're, we don't have 20-20, when we're blinded, we don't even recognize ourselves. We don't see the, it's amazing how we can see the ugly in others, but we can't see it in ourselves sometimes. The unkindness and the mean-spiritedness and the anger and the hatefulness and the greed and the bitterness and all of the things that happen, we can see it in others, but we can't always see it in ourselves. Lord, help me to start looking in the mirror of your word. Help me to see myself first. Help me to see me clearly. 
through your word. Let me see you through me. Let me see me through you. Let there be a reflection in my life of Christ Jesus. Then I see others through him. I see others through the lens of his grace and his mercy and his love. I'm telling you what I want in 2020 is not to see through my own eyes, but to see through the eyes of Jesus, the one who loves every person. Amen. That looks beyond your faults, looks beyond your failures and your mistakes, and he sees your heart. God said, I don't look as others look on the outward, but I look at the heart. Lord, help me to see what others can't see. So, Elisha wakes up and he hears his servant in a panic. And his servant says, Elisha, what are we going to do now? Here this whole time, God has used you. You've been uh, telling the secrets of the enemy. You've kept Israel safe. But now then, buddy, you're in trouble. You did good for a while. But your time's are coming Now then the enemy surrounded you. Now then the horses and the chariots are all around us. I mean, you've got it. You're done now. And Elisha wakes up. He stretches real big. He goes to the door and he looks out. He smiles and he just says, Lord, open his eyes. You see, sometimes even with our eyes open, we can't see. Sometimes we're just seeing through the eyes of flesh. But Elisha prayed, Lord, don't let him just look through the flesh. Don't let him just look at what's happening on the outside and happening in the natural. Let him see what's happening in the supernatural. And I want us to pick up right there. Elijah said, don't be afraid. Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. What? I'm telling you, the servant's looking out and he sees all of these chariots. And Elisha says, don't be afraid. There's more for us than against us. What are you talking about, Elisha? Pastor, what do you mean that God is for me? And if God is for me, who can be against me? Let me tell you who's against me. My friend, my neighbor, my co-worker, my boss. I see them surrounded me. I got a bad report from the doctor. I got bad news from the lawyer. I got bad news. It's all around me. But you're telling me not to be afraid? There's more for me than against me? Elijah said, Lord... Open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside and around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. The enemy was surrounded by the glory of God. There was more that were fighting for them than those that were fighting against them. I'm telling you, in 2020, God is speaking life into you. In 2020, God is declaring there's more for you than there are against you. And I'm declaring today, Lord, open their eyes. Let them see what God is saying. Let them see what His Word is saying. Let them see what's happening In reality. 
So now the servant is amazed. But guess what? The army is still coming forward. And Elijah wasn't afraid. He didn't run. Elijah just stepped out to meet him. And he prayed another prayer. Lord, blind their eyes. And where on one hand the Lord opened the eyes of his servant and they could see all the heavenly hosts that were there supporting them, all of a sudden the army were blinded. And Elisha stepped out and I love what he said. Hey guys, y'all are in the wrong place. The person you're looking for is not here. But let me show you where he's at. But because they were blind, they couldn't see who they were talking to. They didn't know it was the very man they were looking for. And he said, hey, just follow me and I'll take you. And what he did, he took them right down in the midst of the camp of the army of Israel. And they're now surrounded by the army. And then Elijah prayed again and said, Lord, open their eyes. And they opened their eyes and they're surrounded by the armies of Israel. And then the kings jumped up and said, Hey, do we kill them? And Elisha said, No, we're not going to kill them. We're going to feed them. And send them back to their master. You know what the Bible says? Let me read you the very last scripture. I love this. He said, Shall we kill them? And Elisha said, Of course not. We don't kill prisoners of war. Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master. After that, the Armenian raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. How would you like the enemy to stay away from you this year? Come on, let the Lord open your eyes and blind the eyes of the enemy. He's looking for you, but he can't find you. Because you're covered in the glory of God. And you're not afraid of what He's doing because you can see every move He's making. God will show you. He'll teach you. Amen. He'll warn you when there's trouble. But we've got to learn to listen. So many times the Lord warns us, we just don't listen. So this is about to be a time. uh, We're getting ready as a church to go into a time of prayer and fasting. This week is going to start our fasting week. We're going to take six days, Monday through Saturday, and we're going to fast and pray. I ask you to do what you can. Maybe you can fast one meal a day. Maybe you can give up sodas or you can give up something. Maybe you could fast two days or three or maybe all six. I don't know what the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I don't know how badly you need to see. I don't know what kind of vision you need for your life. But I'm saying as a church, we're going to come together. We're going to fast and pray. Here at the end of the service, I'm going to give you a handout with prayer points and with scriptures. We're all going to be reading the same scriptures every day. And uh, every night, Here at the church from 6.30 to 7.30, we're going to have prayer meeting. We'll end on Saturday night with a a night of worship. The band will be here and we're going to take some time just to get in His presence and worship. And we're going to pray. And then at 7.30, we'll declare the fast is over and we'll all go out to eat. How's that sound? Amen. What a great blessing. So I encourage you, do what you can do. 
Just pray and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? I want to see clearly. I need a 2020 vision. Can I get a big amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap today.